Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Go into what I feel the Lord laid on my heart today. And I'm honored to be uh, in the pulpit this morning in the absence of our pastor. I don't take it lightly. Um, I take it very seriously, and I want the Lord to uh, hopefully speak through my voice today. But I want to start today by saying that we have, uh, we all have needs. And our lives are filled with situations. Sometimes they're desperate situations. Because in all of our lives, we, we call it real life real life happens. Every day we face things and they, this is the part of seemingly impossible circumstances. Seemingly impossible circumstances are surrounding us and we look around us sometimes wondering which direction am I going to go and how am I going to get out of this? What is going to go in my life? And they, they're, they seem impossible. Anybody ever faced impossible circumstances it seems? However, today I want to start with just a scripture here is I believe that our God majors in working through impossible situations in the lives of his people. I believe that today. I don't stand before you to give you some flowery speech, but I truly believe today that my God majors in working through impossible situations in the lives of his people. Luke chapter 18 verse 27 says it like this. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. One more time. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And I believe that. Do you believe that this morning? That the things that are impossible with men are made possible through God in the lives of His children. Everyone faces difficult days. Everyone faces some ups and downs. Uh, we, we, we do in our lives. No one is exempt from that. Every person in this place, no matter how spiritual you may think they are, and maybe they are that spiritual, but whatever the case is and how uh, they go through life, there are still ups and downs in their lives. And, and that's okay. We understand today that's okay. There are ups and downs. And I don't know that big word that Pastor and Brother Derek used a while back, but there's that big word that means ups and downs and like a roller coaster. Our lives are like that. And it's okay that that happens, but how you handle or I handle it or how we choose to deal with our bad days will enable us to either rebound or just bury it all in faithlessness and hopelessness. How I respond to the ups and downs of life, how I respond to the circumstances that I'm facing in my life is really the issue, not the issue. There's going to be issues in our life. You're going to face problems, but really how we handle it and choose to deal with it is really what's going to matter. I'm either going to rebound from what has happened in my life or what is currently happening, or I'm going to bury it in this faithlessness and hopelessness. I'm saying those words a couple times because I want to make sure everybody heard those too. Faithlessness and hopelessness. 
So I feel like there's three stories. If you could give me a little bit of time today, I told somebody this morning, I can only guarantee that I am a short preacher. That's all I can guarantee is I am only five foot seven, so I am a short preacher. As long as the message is, is up to God, and then you can just go from there. But I feel like there's a few stories, and one or two of them may take up a little bit of our time, and one pretty briefly towards the end. But I feel like there's three different scenarios that we experience when we need God's intervention. We do sometimes, I say all the time, we need God's intervention. And in Luke chapter number 7, there's a story that's unfolding, and beginning at verse number 11, and it goes like this. It says, and it came to pass the day after that he went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, and he was the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. Everybody say compassion. And he said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, or we know it as a coffin, or it was called a funeral couch. And they that bear him, the dead man, stood still. Everybody say, stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead set up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all. That was pretty normal right there, I think. That's pretty understandable. And there came this fear, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. So this story is unfolding in Luke chapter 7 that this crowd, the Bible says much people, slowly, uh, they were moving slowly along. It was a funeral procession after all. We've seen those. The, the, the Bible times were different than what we are uh, today. Uh, pastor was telling us the other day about a funeral he went to that nobody showed up in the family or the, the preacher. And so I hope that's not my funeral story. Um, but there's nobody showed up. And so th this was in the Bible days, if that was to happen, they just were careful to be prepared in case no one was to show up. And they hired mourners. They just made sure there was going to be somebody there. A wailing men and women were there who, instead of singing beautiful songs, like, you know, in our day we sing, I can only imagine. You know, we sing all these beautiful songs. But in the Bible days, they were wailing, crying out, and, and mourning and moaning at the top of their lungs, publicly expressing everyone's grief over the deceased. That possibly this group that was coming out, it says that many people came with her out of the city and out of town. There was a, a large group of people, much people of the city was with her. And it could have been that there was local officials that were there to express their condolences. I, I can imagine that there were close friends and extended family that were in attendance. And then there were the pallbearers who were carrying the coffin or funeral couch of the lifeless man on their shoulders to a place where he would be 
buried. And, and so why so many were there there to honor the deceased? Well, one reason we could look at is possibly he was a young man and, and taken out of the world before everyone was ready to let him go. He, his death was a shock to the whole town, but no one more so than his mother. She was probably the first in line right behind the pallbearers carrying her lost son, her dead son, as she walked along mourning the loss of, of her only child, the, the, the son that she had had from her, that through her husband that was also deceased. So what a tragic sight this is. What a devastating moment, a dark moment that is happening as this woman is walking behind her dead son on a coffin in a coffin as they proceed along the path and all of the great crowd of people behind her and as she is going and mourning the loss of this one that had died in her life. It was so tragic but, but oh there was something that happened because as she looked up this crowd marched slowly onward, passing out of the city gate toward the cemetery. But can you imagine? I hope somebody has an imagination today, because I do. And if you have an imagination, can you imagine the surprise on their face when they saw another procession coming over the hilltop right toward them? Only this wasn't a funeral procession. This was uh, not. This was. This one had too much joy and maybe some laughter, and uh, it was a little bit of a. a of happiness that was in this procession and there as they walk over the hill and they're coming towards the funeral procession the thoughts had to begin to race through her mind and race through the mind of everybody in that procession is are they going to get out of our way as this is a funeral procession as a matter of fact and we are going to the cemetery and this is a respectable time a respectful and a time of, of caution where people usually uh, we know in our day we live in even you are to get out of the way common courtesy says to stop at a funeral per, uh, stop and let a funeral procession by you and that you don't stop a funeral procession I think we're all pretty well, well aware if we've been around this world very long that if you see a funeral procession, it probably isn't a good idea to whip out in front of them and just stop in the middle of the road and start asking them questions Maybe I'm alone. Maybe you think that's a good idea. Wouldn't be a very good idea. Because the common courtesy tells us that, that we don't stop a funeral procession. So out of respect for the deceased and his family, you wait until the procession has passed before moving on. But something happened as this man and his group of followers wouldn't get out of the way. In fact, as we know today that this was Jesus and his disciples and, and a group of people with him, Jesus does exactly the opposite. And instead of getting out of the way, he actually approaches the mother and he walks right up to the mother. And the Bible says he's moved with compassion. Oh, that we could be moved with compassion for people. He was moved with compassion. And something inside of Jesus' heart broke as he sees this, this uh, procession and this poor widow that has lost her only son as she's making her way, stumbling behind this funeral procession, in the front of this funeral procession. And Jesus goes straight up to the this white woman and he looks at her in the eye. And everybody around, there had to be a shock that went through the crowd. Imagine the, the angry whispers as they looked on as Jesus came 
up to her. And he says this, don't weep. Don't cry. Don't weep. Could you imagine the ripple through the crowd? What does he mean? We're at a funeral. This is a funeral procession. We are going to bury this young man. We have, we have tragedy. What a tragedy it is. Uh, and in the moment here, Jesus walks up to them and says, don't cry or don't weep is what the scripture says. And those are not the words. Uh, those are the words you don't really usually hear on the way to a burial. And isn't Jesus being horribly insensitive here? And yet we see that Jesus isn't joking around and Jesus isn't kidding. But Jesus walks over and he places his hand upon the beer and the, the coffin and he stops the procession. The long piece of wood or open coffin which a young man has carried those carrying the body must have sensed the gravity of this this time of his touch and they stop along with the rest of the funeral procession and could you imagine everyone stares with stares of anger that have turned to silent stares of wonder what will this guy do what will this guy do and the Bible tells us with everyone's eyes on him, Jesus says the words in, in a voice that's loud and clear. He says, young man, I say to you, arise. And the lifeless did something that lifeless people just don't do. It says, he who was dead set up and began to speak. And the young man was now alive, and it says that Jesus gave him back to his mother. Gave him back to his mother. This scenario in my mind as I read the story, I see the first scenario as a need God, a need that God wants to take care of that surprises us. God sometimes stops a procession. God stopped the procession that day on the road to Nain, out of Nain, and he shocked the socks off of the mother and off the crowd because nobody was expecting a miracle that day. Nobody was expecting anything to happen in a funeral procession. It was too dark. It was too bad of a day. Every trouble that could be imagined was there for that poor mother. Her husband's gone. Her, her, her son, her only son, is dead. Her financial situation's probably looking bleak. Everything is crumbling around. I dare say nobody walking in that funeral procession that day ever expected anything good to happen. They didn't have their heart set on an expectation that something miraculous would happen. But Jesus came along and Jesus walked up and he stopped what was going on and said, hold on. And Jesus stopped that procession and surprised the crowd that wasn't expecting him. I'm not sure, but given the whole text that we have to base our context on in the Bible, I can't see where there is any recognition of Jesus from the mother or anyone in that procession. You could dig, you could find it. Maybe if you look and you could tell me something later, but I, she has no idea who this man is. 
She has no idea what he is capable of as he approaches her that day. And that day she startled as everyone else is in that procession. And I begin to think that today you may be here and don't have any idea who Jesus is. But let me serve you notice this morning that he's coming at you and that he's coming your direction and that he has the answer that you need. I don't know everybody's situation in this sanctuary today, but I do know the answer to your situation is Jesus is walking down that dusty road and he's going to walk into your path and he's going to stop the procession. And he has a miracle that you didn't even expect. If you came here today not knowing who he is, he has come into this house and he's walking over the hill, if you will, and he sees your situation and he has compassion on you and he has compassion on your situation. And he says, I don't care where you're coming from. You know, did you realize that Nain, the name of that city, I didn't know this till I studied deeper into this. It meant like happiness and joy. It was a joyful place. It was her happy place. She was leaving her happy place to go bury her son. And Jesus said, I'm going to return back the joy that you once knew in name. I'm going to return it back to what something you never knew could happen. Jesus will turn your life around. He wants to take what is dead and bring it to life. And so Jesus stopped the funeral procession and ended her mourning and weeping by turning death to life. Jesus, he's good at that. Turning death to into life. You guys have hope. It's only been 16 minutes so far. But let's go to the second story, if you give me a moment. Mark chapter 10. This message has been in my heart for a while, and I, I put it aside. And I told my wife about it a couple weeks back, and I was going to preach it the last time, and I didn't feel it then. And so I feel like God must have done it for today, and I don't know why, but if you'll just be sensitive, maybe it's for you today. If you're in the sound of this, uh, my voice today, I don't know, but this is my heart today. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, oh, there's another procession going on. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 49, and Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little cocky because these guys are so mean. Oh, just be quiet, don't, he don't have time for you. And when he calls him, like, oh, be of good cheer, I could hear him. Oh, you know, that frustrated, kind tone. Oh, I know none of you ever use that frustrated, kind tone. Whew, felt a conviction ripple across the sanctuary this morning. And he said, oh, and he, casting away his garment, rose. And we all know he cast away the beggar's garment. He, if faith, right? He stepped up, threw away the garment, and rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. 
And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So I've been in some situations with people that I've asked them, is there anything that I could pray with you about? And a lot of times I have a lot of people, I've had a lot of people that say, nope, I'm good. I don't need anything. And so maybe they didn't expect someone to ask that, them that question. Maybe it was too personal. Maybe it was a little too invasive. Well, I have things, but I don't want to tell you about. And I get that. Maybe they didn't have time to think about it. Think about what they needed. But I wonder today that maybe today that's you, and maybe you have nothing that you need from the Lord. And so if Jesus was to come through here, was to walk from that side door or that front door and make his way through this crowd, without any greeting anybody, without stopping to shake hands, Jesus was to walk from that back door right down the aisle and walk up on the stage and down through that door or out through one of these exit doors out the side, that, that you would be content. And I'm not being sarcastic or rude or hateful, but this is sometimes our mindset, and I have to, I'm preaching to myself today. Be content to push your chair back and make room for him to go by without asking for anything. But I have a feeling today that there are some that are here that you have some needs in your life. And it doesn't take you long to think about those needs. And they pop into your head. It might be your job situation that you need a job, a better job, or uh, you maybe your economics, your, your financial situation. It might be that you need healing today. It might be that you need help overcoming something today. And you and I have got to realize that we need to acknowledge and understand our needs today. You have got to acknowledge and understand your need today. I'm just going to, I'm not a gambling man at all, and I don't take chances very often, but I would dare say that there is somebody, or there is most of us in here that have some sort of need today. There's some sort of need, but maybe you're not acknowledging that need right now. Maybe you're not understanding that need right now. But I felt by reading this scripture text is that something happened inside of Bartimaeus that, that it, we believe uh, uh, that he was there on the side of the road and that he at some point had to come to the realization and the acknowledgement that I am blind and that I am in not a very good situation and I need some help right now. And in that midst of that situation, we know a couple things about him. He acknowledged that he had a need called blindness. And we, be, we have to understand a few things we believe God can and will take care of it. Because look at Bartimaeus. He may have been impoverished and he may have been marginalized and sidelined. And I can vouch for that because of the text we have on it. Don't bother him. Jesus is too busy right now. Just hold your peace. He's marginalized, sidelined. Uh, he don't really have time for this right now. And so he is impoverished. He's obviously begging for money. He needs help. He financially needs help. He's obviously been sidelined, but Bartimaeus was no dummy. 
He, he could think and he could reason like most of us human beings can. He had heard about Jesus of Nazareth. In fact, it seems like everyone was talking about him. And as the ladies, as they passed by on the way to the market, were telling of his wonders. And the men, as they gathered on the streets to do business, were, were telling of his wonders. And, 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 and everyone had a cousin or aunt or a friend whose life had been transformed by Jesus. And, 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 and Bartimaeus knew that there had been lepers that were healed. And he knew that the fish and the bread had been multiplied. And he'd even heard that Jesus had walked on water and calmed the storms. And Bartimaeus heard all of this with his keen sense of hearing and he had to time to reflect about all of these things that that were going on and he had to he had witnessed none of our lord's mighty miracles he had not had the opportunity to talk to the widow woman of name or with jairus or with mary and her sister martha He'd never seen dead people raised from, with a word. And he'd never seen lepers healed with a touch. But, but he had his ears opened and the wheels of his mind were revolving furiously on that day in his life of darkness. He took seriously the hearsay of many conversations and put together all the information he had gathered and these wonderful sayings and deeds. And at one time someone must have said to once another person within his hearing that Jesus had healed a blind man and at the pool of Bethesda and he had he had taken and put a, a mud in his eyes and he had washed in the pool uh, Salome and he had he had been healed there must have been those voices in Bartimaeus's head that were telling him I have a need I have a situation that I need to acknowledge I am blind the impact of that is in my whole life and I need somebody to help me and in that time of need, he realizes who he, he knew that he needs something. And then after he acknowledges it, he had to believe that God can and will take care of it. He hears, because this is what I like about the wording of the word of the Bible, if you read it, is that it was like when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming, he already knew who Jesus was. The previous story had no idea who Jesus was. Let me, I preached to that group. They knew this, Bartimaeus knew who Jesus was. And Bartimaeus had faith. And he said, I know Jesus can take care of my situation. I know that Jesus can take care of the situation. And in his blindness in that dark world that he lived in, he began to think, oh, I believe he could do it. If he would just come by my way. If Jesus would just pass by my way, I believe that he could take care of my situation. And as he sat there, if only Jesus would pass by, that became his hope. And that became his longing. And somehow we see that in the Word because it tells us that he cried out when he heard that it was Jesus. And so today, maybe you sit here and the reason you are in, the, uh, the season you are in has been so hard and difficult and so painful. But you know your need. And I encourage you today, if I can encourage you in the Lord today, that you need to trust Jesus. And you need to put your hope in Jesus. And say, I believe that my Jesus is able to heal. I believe my Jesus is able to transform and to release me from my issue. And so Bartimaeus cries out because he had faith that Jesus of Nazareth could do it. And so we must, 
must, we must cry out and get his attention as he passes by our way. Jesus was passing by for Bartimaeus while other beggars sat still on the sidelines. While others with human need just allowed Jesus to pass by them on the street of Jericho that day. That man named Bartimaeus was diligent and endured. He pressed through. And then an amazing thing happened in Martin 10, 49. Is after he cried out. I like this. So Jesus stood still. He stopped. The whole procession of who knows how many people had to stop. You'd think Jesus had been too busy for one raggedy blind man. But Jesus stood still. This is a scenario where there is a need God wants to take care of that we believe for and wait prayerfully for God to take care of. So we're sitting in this congregation today praying, oh, if only Jesus would come by today. Oh, if Jesus would just come down this street today. Praying in our hearts, God, I know I have a need. And God, I know that you have the answer. And God, I don't know what to do. I'm sitting here waiting patiently on the answer from you. Because God, I know that you can take care of my need. You're going to have to cry out to him. And you're going to have to ask, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Acknowledge your need. Believe Jesus can take care of it today. And cry out to him. But oh, that's not the end of my message. But it's getting very close for you that need to know that. There's one last story. I'll briefly just talk about it. There was a Bible. The Bible tells us about a woman with the issue of blood. And it doesn't tell us a whole lot about her. And I don't have a lot of time today. But she had undoubtedly tried everything she could on her own. Everything. She said, I've done everything I know to do. I've been to every doctor. I've been to every physician. And all they do is take my money. Some of you in this place may feel a little empathy for that poor lady. <laughs> I love doctors. I'm glad that they're around. But they, they did, there was people that were trying to take her money for more reasons than just medical. They were acting and physicians and trying to do all kinds of things. But nothing was working. So she had heard of Jesus of Nazareth. She had heard of Jesus. And she believed as well that if she could just but touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed and that her troubles would all be over. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. And so her, this scenario is where there's a need that God wants to take care of and that we pursue him in an act of faith to see it fulfilled. 
That woman with the issue of blood, whatever the case was, she had to make, she got up and she went to where Jesus was at. And it was a little bit of an opposition. I'm telling you today, you're going to face some opposition sometimes when you're coming to Jesus. When you know you need to go to Jesus, sometimes you're going to find a crowd is a little bit too hard to get through. And maybe the crowd is a turn the opposite direction and they're pushing against you to push you away from Jesus. But whatever the case was in her situation, she said I must get to him if I could just touch the hem of his garment if I could just get close to Jesus and touch him then I know he could take care of it and so today I want you to know that there's these situations in our life that we must face we face the challenges today and that everything might look dead in your life and it doesn't mean that it is final that there is still what we call resurrection power that hope can live again and that your joy can be restored today and that your happiness can live again and hopefully this message today will encourage you to live again stop the procession is the title of my message today is whether it's God stopping the procession and shocking the socks off of you if that's what you want to have that's what needs to happen then that's what it'll do if it's stopping the procession by your cry Jesus thou son of David have mercy on me or if it's going to the procession because the same thing happened with the woman with the issue of blood when she touched Jesus it says he stopped and said who touched me and the whole crowd gathered around we know there was another procession because they're like what do you mean who touched you there's all these people. But Jesus, if I could just touch the hem of your garment today. And so today, whatever your need may be, whatever situation you may be going through, that you could, it could be revived today. Your hope can live again. If we could stand together in this place today. And if we could, I'm just going to ask, please gather with us at the front. If you could come down physically, if you could come down, let's gather around the front today as I close. Please gather And as we are here together, I hope that when faced with these challenges in life, that you do not give up on the possibility that Jesus can meet you in the lowest place of your life. Jesus can meet you in the lowest place. You may be on the mountaintop right now. I understand. Everything's going great right now. I don't need Jesus right now. But I wish that somehow we could dig down deep inside of ourselves and say, God, there's going to come a day where I'm going to be at a low place. Life brings low places. Brother Smith, life brings some very low places sometimes. We've all been there. We just be honest today. But in the midst of those, those situations that I wish that you would not give up on the possibility that Jesus can meet you and turn it around and bring you back to your happy place, to your name. I was shocked. I didn't even know that when I was doing this message that name meant that. A place of blessing, a pleasant place. But Jesus, Brother Warren, gave her her son back. Here you go. Return unto your life. Return to name. And he turned their lives around. Each one of these people we have a reference to in our stories today. God can turn your situation around. And he
even if you don't really think you need him right now, maybe just stop and acknowledge if there is something you need today. Because Jesus is walking in this place. Jesus is going to walk through and has walked through this building. And his spirit is here today. And sometimes God stops the procession. You may be here and you did not intend to be in church today. You may be here and did not intend Jesus to show up in your life today. But I want you to know that even if you did not expect it today, that you can walk out here with a miracle that you are not expecting. But maybe you do expect something or maybe you really need something today and you know that God can stop the procession. But maybe it's not stopping and it's walking right by you right now. And you're saying, I need you, God. I need you, Jesus. And you would cry out from your heart and say, I need to stop the procession. I need it today. Oh, somebody take time right now. Somebody take time right now and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And as we worship in song right now, whatever you need right now, I'm done preaching, but I'm not done ministering right now. I feel God. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.